You're listening to Doula Stories, a podcast where we use storytelling to encourage, inform, and love on doulas. Each episode, we'll hear a story about what happens in the birth room from the doula's perspective. I'm Kelia, she, they. And I'm Ajira, she, they. And we're so glad you could join us for today's story. You're in for a treat today. We're each other's guest, I guess. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I've never been welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Do you want to ask me the, the millions of questions that we ask each person? <laughs> Can you tell me the ways that you've grown spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically in the last 10 years? Yeah. Top 10 ways. Go ahead. Category. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Just to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm excited to hear these snippets that we're going to be talking about today. Thanks. I think you should be. Um, So just as a reminder to folks, this episode, we are sharing several shorter stories, some of which were submitted by all of you. Thank you so much. And some of which are from my own and Ajira's experiences. And if you have a snippet of a funny moment that happened in a birth you attended or birth you starred in, I guess. <laughs> the starring role. <laughs> Either by being the person coming out or the person allowing someone else to come out of them. Mm-hmm. I think we would welcome you sharing those. Oh, yeah. yeah. We would for sure love to hear those. However you want to share it. You can either send us a DM and we'll find a way to bring it up in a future <laughs> podcast. Or or let me know if you want to like actually be Yay. a guest. We are always looking for new guests, especially yeah, if you are BIPOC. That's right. All right. Bodily fluids. <laughs> I mean, I just think if you're going to get into this line of work, you got to you gotta accept that this is going to happen to you. Like, don't wear clothing that you care about, you know, like probably have shoes that can get in and out of the shower, you know, be sprayed with different things. All right. Without further ado, <laughs> here we have somebody who wrote, my client was starting to push and their partner wanted to see if baby was crowning. I think you can probably see where this is going. So I mentioned that their water hadn't broken and warned he could get splashed. Two contractions later, my client asked me to check if baby was emerging. Their water broke and I got splashed in the face by amniotic fluid. I looked up (laughs) and saw the midwife completely soaked from head to toe. Good thing she had PP on, but it sure was a sight to behold. So I'm imagining like the person who sent this to us didn't include this, but I feel like if you were checking to see if the baby was emerging, that's like... That's like front row seat. That's like SeaWorld. Has that ever happened to you? I've gotten splashed pretty much everywhere except my actual face. That might be because I'm tall. Mm. I think much more often I'm getting wet with pee and like drips of amniotic fluid. You know, it's just kind of like a steady drip, which is great. Like all of that is, those are great signs. Anytime it happens, I get really excited vomit, I'd say I get more like vomit on my sleeves or on my hands when I'm trying to help folks get the puke bag to their mouth. Mm. Um, wow, we really, we really just jumped in, didn't we? Um, we really did. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay, though. I mean, I have not I haven't I think I've caught every vomit so far. Nice. Or it's been so far from me that it hasn't, you know, had a chance to splash me. I've definitely been splashed with amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. I was splashed with blood one time and I wasn't expecting it. Oh. And so I was like, oh, I didn't really, I was like, oh, look at that. It almost felt like an, an unexpected badge, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I forgot this was a category. Yeah. Um, And yeah. then 
definitely got peed on, but usually by the baby, not the birthing oh, person. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Have you got any meconium? This the baby poo, the black t- tar-like for, substance, as they call it. Not a toxic compound, just right. a sticky one. And yes, I've definitely at my own birth, the birth of my first child, mm-hmm. which wound up being a surgical birth. Then they put the baby on me, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. let them take the baby away because they're always. T- <sighs> try not to be too generalist but in my experience they are frequently asking or offering reasons to take the baby from the birthing person for whatever reason Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I wonder if it's just because they you know as an institution feel safest when the baby is in the little plastic box and you're in your little you know box And they kind of know where everybody is and what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. And everyone's really like mm-hmm. there's room to approach and, you know, be much harder for you to say no to something uh, if you're not holding the baby yourself, honestly. So mm-hmm. that's how it always seemed to me. But anyway, yeah. they were like, oh, then you can rest. I was like, no, I'm fine. I can rest holding the baby. And they were like, oh, mm-hmm. but don't you want to eat? And I'm like, I can eat while I hold the baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like. To me, that seemed like a really jarring thing. And I think maybe it's because the way that I grew up, babies are usually being held. So I feel most okay when I'm holding my baby because I know where they are. I know what they need. And um, but anyway, so I'm holding this, you know, newborn, barely not a fetus anymore since they just got out and they're lying on me. And then suddenly I just feel this warmth. And (laughs) (laughs) you're like, this is the love I have for my child. No, I thought it was pee at first. I started Uh laughing and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was thinking about the nurses because um, they were lying on me skin to skin, which meant that my, you know, the bandage around my um, incision Mm -hmm. was right underneath that. So I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to get wet and they're definitely going to be upset about it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I touched it with my hand and looked at my hand and it was like just dark. And I was like, oh, damn, they're definitely going to be happy about this. And then they were like, okay, let's take the baby so we can clean it. And I was like, no, you can clean underneath them. It's fine. And then um, they were like, oh, let me take the baby so I can bathe them. And I was like, no, you can just wipe them or hand me something to wipe them. (laughs) It was, yes, I was that, I was that pain, but person but oh that's not pain in the butt that is that is how it should be and i love your tone you know if you had if you had cussed them out i would have loved that too you know like there's no need to be polite here you just gave birth to a human it was very sweet and and had surgery i just yeah like you being like no yeah i mean i I can wash my baby and hold i think that's also a thing right it's just getting to realizing that they don't have the power to decide what happens you you decide mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that can be hard to remember that's you know at lots of different points yeah. of experience but my oldest is yeah. very proud of the fact that shortly you know within maybe 30 to 60 minutes of being out they had peed on one parent and meconium <laughs> on the other so they joked that <laughs> they were marking their, their territory. territory that's yes. right <laughs> that's their they were like i marked you oh. both <laughs> Oh, this is my parent. That's very sweet. Everyone else back off. I mean, I'd believe it if all the other babies around were like, I want those parents. (laughs) Your kid's like, nope. Sorry. Taken. Oh, my I I have a a couple more bodily fluids related stories. If you're ready. I'm ready. Um, One is basically what we've already talked about, which is as a birth doula, I was supporting a parent in active labor. As they got up from laying down on the bed, they peed, 
all over the floor, my leg and my feet. I wasn't wearing shoes. It had been a long day. So my socks and feet were soaked, but we just normalized it. No biggie over here. Smiley face. I love that spirit. You got to just roll with it. Really Covered do. in pee. It's like, what, like, what's the alternative there? You could just. You could say, ugh, and flounce out the room. Ew. God. Birth is gross. <laughs> I really, I got to say, though, that my one of my pet peeves is wet socks. Oh, I have oh, to take that's them off right. immediately. Yeah. This is also why I have a pair of dry oh, socks yeah. in my bag. Yes, dry socks. I also bring a pair of just like $1 flip-flops oh, that that's a good idea. I can take into the shower. And yeah, I'd say that's the answer to the question you asked me earlier. Like, when have I gotten wet? It's usually, you know, birthing person is clutching me and I'm supporting a lot of their weight and they're like shower. And I'm like, I guess we're getting in the shower. And like, I haven't had time to change anything so then I'm, you know, pant, like so, everything is just wet. So I'm like, hearing I'm, that doulas yeah. should pack swimsuits. I do pack a swimsuit. Oh, I've never changed don't. into it. Seriously. Because when do you have time? Yeah. To, you know me. You I know I plan to the nth degree. Like, uh, give me a second. I need to just put my swimsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the one time it came in handy. It was because it's another fluid story. I was at a postpartum visit and I have the same bag of like, birth and postpartum stuff that I carry with me. And I was at a postpartum visit and the baby, I had the baby in a baby wrap for a couple hours, snoozing away. And then I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and they had pooped so much. And it was like brand new, like newborn liquid poop. It had soaked through their little outfit, two layers of the baby wrap. And it had obviously soaked through my shirt and my bra. So then how glad was I to have an extra swimsuit that was like a served as like a bra shirt combo? For it was like a, sure. Whatever they call those. Yes. that I have a big yes to that. And can I just mm-hmm. say that I think that is one of the unnamed wonders of the world yeah. is how are human infants able to spread their poop so far and so wide so far in like just, so little time? I just don't understand. Like what I would like a physicist <laughs> Or some mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, genius to explain the force yes. trajectory. <laughs> but just the volume and the the way that it spreads everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just like, where? Where is this coming from? How did it get here? And how did you get it up into your neck? Like in your hair? Yeah. yeah. I wow. think that's the furthest oh. I've seen is that is it went. This was a baby that was in a car seat wearing clothes and, no. you know, no. a diaper. Mm-hmm. And the volume of poop was... And the speed or force or whatever was so powerful that when I pulled them out of the car seat, there was poop in their hair. Incredible. It's incredible. Um, Okay. So I thought we could go from bodily fluids to bodily gases. And this story is my own. And I'm really hoping you can be here and say, I totally hear you. I've done the same. (laughs) If you've ever... (laughs) Well, sometimes we're just in that small enclosed space with the person for a really long time. And if you hypothetically happen to eat a burrito that day, like it's different. Like how many times can you actually step out and go to the bathroom (laughs) to relieve yourself without disturbing them? I mean, a birthing person is so sensitive to smell. They are. So, okay. I'm not proud of this. But one time I was a little Toots McGee and I, I don't actually know if that's a normal thing to say. That's something my friend says. 
and it has joined my vocabulary. Toots McGee. And it's one of those things where I'm like, is this something that... This is the first I've heard of it. It is oh. hilarious. <laughs> I can barely contain myself. Well, that's, that's what we're... Toots sorry. McGee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Put your hands together. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Anyway. <clears throat> one time I was a real Toots McGee and... I would like rush to the bathroom and wash my hands or dry my hands or fake something so that I could fart and then come back <laughs> and not have missed a contraction if the person really needed me. And in this case, she really did need me. And like, it was the kind of birth where you can't really leave hmm. the room because any second that you're not there, you can just tell the energy could change a lot. And yeah. So I was trying so hard. Like I'd say maybe half, probably less of my attention and just brain power was devoted to supporting this person in front of me. But the majority was just <laughs> trying to hold it in. And I like one minute, it might've been when I had to like squat down to like, oh, no! or something, but it wasn't even that much. It was just like a little too. And I obviously heard it. Oh. It's where you're like hoping God, let it be silent. Like you can tell it's coming <sighs> and it was not. The birthing person was in the middle of a contraction, so didn't notice or didn't care. But the nurse happened to be in the room and looked over. And this is the part that I'm not proud of. It was clear in our like silent eye communication. The nurse and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, she just farted. <laughs> and I just let it be. I just let the nurse think that the birthing person had like let it out and i could have said something i could have like interrupted the contraction been like oh that that was actually me excuse me sorry about that but i didn't and then by the time i was like "Mm, i shouldn't be putting that on i was like the the moment has passed like now if i say something it'll make a big deal out of it the nurse is already gone also the nurse didn't care like birthing person didn't care it was only the three of us in a room but to that birthing person if you actually did notice it and you somehow magically remember it and you're listening to this episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> not me. I started during your birth. So I let you take the rap for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is I mean, amazing. I like, I talk about it with most clients and they're like, hey, sorry, like my whole pregnancy, you know, when whenever I become a little Toots McGee, I have no control over whether it comes out or not. And what I tell them is like, that's totally normal and fine. It doesn't bother me at all. And if it makes you feel better, I can fart too. And they feel... Can you fart on command? No, of course not. Okay. I mean, I was (laughs) like, wait, what? That's... (laughs) <laughs> I don't want you to feel bad, so I'll just let one lose too. <laughs> no, the point being just like I think I've said the same thing when they're like, Oh, you know, sorry if if you know exposing my chest makes you uncomfortable. I'm like, no, like if it makes you uncomfortable, I can like pull my shirt up too. It doesn't matter. You know, it's the whole point is just like this is something that I'm around a lot and is normal and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like you're farting, I can fart too. I think I don't actually do that intentionally. I think everything you just said for the last three minutes was a cover up for the fact that you actually can fart. (laughs) And you just don't want us all to know your secret. Okay. If I could fart on command, I would be bragging about that to everyone. That is amazing. Such a great deflection, misdirection. (laughs) You are listening to a master here, y'all. Yep. There's a very elite group of humans and we all, we recognize each other when we see each other. It's just like a, like a wink and a nod. And just like, know that's another fart on commander. That's another a fart that's on another. commander. 
Oh my god, that's awful. I, I love that title that. so much. A fart on Commander. You would think a fart on Commander would have more control over holding it in, though, and I clearly didn't. You would. Maybe that's when you were in training. <laughs> I don't. I. I think we're born, not made. I think well, uh, if if this were true, you're jealous, <laughs> and I'm, sh- I'm afraid to say it's not possible. I am. I am so jealous. Yeah. Mm. Well, I haven't farted. So anyone noticed <laughs> in a birthing room. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. So that I, was the only time I'd farted in front of a birthing person. Oh, that really is. was. I mean, so you've done it and just been able to like coolly pass off. This is what my sister does. She'll cough at the same time. She'll drop something at the same time. That's amazing. So I just come from a really a you fart delicious family. Yes, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, if my mom listens to this, she's going to be so proud. We talk about bodily functions at every single dinner time reliably. Yeah, I think that was common in our family as well. I don't know why, but yeah, I think there have been two births where I farted in the room. All very similar scenarios to what you described. There was like a lot going on. Oh, were you, you also passed it off on the birthday. No, cool. <laughs> no, I didn't. But there went enough people in the room and the room was big enough that from where I was, it was pretty much undetectable. Mm. So that was cool. I do prefer to leave the room if mm. I can, but it's not always possible. And also like, it's just farts. Yeah. Everybody farts. Yeah. Farting person farts a lot. usually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Someone wrote in, I called my client's partner by the dog's name until three quarters of the way into a prenatal visit. <laughs> the pregnant person, <laughs> the pregnant person was like, actually, this is so-and-so and the name you've been using is our dogs. From then on, I always wrote people's names down to help it stick. <laughs> that is great. And I like to imagine that the dog's name that this doula was calling the partner was like a really obviously dog's name. Like, oh, I got it confused again. Like, I keep calling this guy Snowflake. Fido. I keep calling him Fido. <laughs> keep calling him Fido. He just looks like a Fido. What can I say? Oh, I love that so much. I really do write down everyone's names, even if they seem really easy to remember at the time. It's like my deep fear because it's one of the easiest ways to make people feel like you know them. Yeah. You know, like you're there with them. They're not client. They are Fido. I think also if they have, you know, family members or loved ones who come join them at the birth you know you might meet like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people at once mm-hmm. and it can be helpful to just at the very least play some mnemonic games in your head yeah so you can remember people's names yeah or like what you said reminded me that i'll ask the birthing person ahead of time like okay if the grandma to be is going to join us mm-hmm. especially if they're like okay i need you to kind of guard the door i don't want grandma to come in then I'll ask for the grandma's name ahead of time. And then when I actually meet her, I'm like, oh, you're Marsha. I've heard so much about you. And, you know, how do you feel being a new grandma? This is so exciting. You know, that it's just like an instant. I am here to try and keep you out, but I'm going to do it in a really nice way and <laughs> make sure you feel seen and that your journey in all of this is appreciated. Yeah, you know what and I mean? Important and, just like a quick, yeah. it's like a head start in a relationship. Yeah, almost. it definitely helps. Oh, classic. <laughs> um. Okay, I have another story. This was really short. It was a a client of mine was just deliriously tired. It had been maybe, I think this was day three of an induction. So long, difficult. And we took a brief break during pushing. And she turned to me and looked into my eyes and said, I don't understand how porn stars do it. 
my vagina is so tired and it was like <laughs> such a like a that's oh, so heartfelt like I, hear you. I know it was so heartfelt that was why i was like oh yes oh my goodness like this is hard to do this is your vagina is tired like it is doing amazing you're doing amazing i spoke to um this parent afterwards we're still friends and oh that birth also was just like one of the most special Hmm. Ugh, like sticks with you forever and she was she couldn't remember it and she was absolutely mortified oh she was my like, god I, can't I, was, I was like there's nothing to be ashamed of what like you made a, you raised a good point <laughs> a really good point <laughs> yes. a really good point it's really true I that. but yeah i i think it's magical and i think it's kind of hilarious that that vaginas get such a bad rap when they're so amazing <laughs> Like, amazing. and I also, th- I always think it's funny that we have, you know, none, nobody questions or has any doubts that a penis will like switch from, you know, mm. flaccid to what is the word? Turgid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe. I'm hey, turgid. Babe, I'm turgid. You. Would you like oh, to make use God. of this? Um, <laughs> but nobody, nobody doubts that it's going to do it again. You know, it's not like anyone yeah. panics and is like, oh my God, it softened up. <laughs> that's no. it i guess it's over <laughs> no the things the things vaginas can do are incredible Leave, why do we doubt wait. them like oh. dang yeah wait i wanted to tell you the story um what? from a birth that i was at it's one of my favorite moments that's ever happened in a birth and it was hard, so hard not to laugh in the moment and i was so delighted and this client was just amazing and had, you know, spent a lot of time and energy, like really visioning what the birth was going to look like and what the experience was going to look like and was so clear and like, you know, they wanted to give birth at home. And then they've been laboring for a while. You know, they'd been in the bathtub, they'd been walking around, they'd been trying to go to sleep, they'd, you know, done all the things. Um, And then they were in the tub and... (laughs) Before the birth, we, you know, had the talk about comfort measures. They had identified some uh, words of affirmation. We, you know, chosen Mm -hmm. some phrases and words together. And so their partner and I were just repeating the words of affirmation, you know, that they had chosen, that they told us they wanted us to say. And I said something and they like their heads snapped around to me and they, they said, your words mean nothing, Ajira. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It was so good. Oh my god! It was so good. Shots fired. They were like, they were just like, this is you know, basically, this is bullshit. It was glorious. It was like somebody just so fully in their power and so fully like not, wow. not down for these tiny mortals throwing these ridiculous offerings at this, you oh. know vision of God. So it was glorious and it was just Mm. so delightful because they had also been struggling, you know, Mm. and, and had kind of been, you know how sometimes when you're struggling, you're, you're like in this place of like, it's too big, it's too Mm -hmm. much. And then suddenly you get to a point where you're like, no, fuck it. You're not too big or too much for me. I am too big and too much for you. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you know, you grab the crocodile by the tail kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. It kind of felt like that moment and it, the power in it was so glorious. And I remember the partner and I, like our eyes met and we were both like, ooh, 
And then we were both quiet for the rest of the birth. <laughs> oh my god! And it was it was amazing. I wow. love to see birthing people claiming their power, and yes. I love to see all the many ways that we go through that experience. Yes. Oh, that one was glorious. Your words mean nothing, Jira. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, Skippy, you're right." <laughs> Speaking of saying things that um, that are well-meaning and are just you trying to hold back a laugh. I tell partners, if, I tell whoever the support person, if there's going to be another support person, what I tell them is somebody giving birth probably doesn't want to hear a regular reminder of like, babe, just breathe, <laughs> breathe. Okay, here it comes. Breathe, breathe. One, two, you know, like some, sometimes that is what's most helpful, but usually it is more helpful to just have a kind of a cue. So mm. exactly. If you are rubbing the birthing person's back, and you just go, and they can hear you. And you're not doing it right in their ear. You're not, you know, exactly. <laughs> well, I thought I wouldn't have to say that because you're literally making that noise to show how ridiculous that would be. I show up to this birth. She is in full-blown transition. Um, for those who don't know what transition is, those are the last couple of centimeters of dilation. They are really intense it usually is the time when folks say things like, I can't do this. Uh, you know, your words they, mean nothing, Ajira. <laughs> your words mean nothing. <laughs> um, anything like that. So she was in that stage, you know, she's focusing so intensely on what's going on. And I see this guy come in and I had gotten the sense, you know, I'd just gotten there, but I'd, I'd already gotten the sense that like she was not into her partner being there. It was his presence in the room was stressing her out. And as soon as the next contraction hit, I totally got it. Cause he went up right behind her and went, <sighs> <laughs> like not even normal breathing but and i again like try not to burst out laughing but also like wanted to make it stop as soon as possible because her transition contractions are lasting like a minute and a half and he just would he just kept on doing it so i was like hey can i talk to you out in the hall oh my God. and i had to you know help this man feel affirmed as a partner affirmed as a parent and also try to tell him to just shut up and it was like a, i see that you remembered <laughs> what i had told you about trying to cue her with your breath but actually she's doing really well right now i think the most we can do is just be quiet in the background instead of just like what possesses you to think that what you just did was in <laughs> any way helpful yeah <laughs> The baby was born soon after, but like, oh, oh goodness. Bless all the birthing people who Bless. put up with everybody's shenanigans. Bless. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, this one time I got to a birth and I was the photographer at the birth, not the doula. So I had not, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I had been outrageous, but I wasn't as circumspect as I usually mm -hmm. am. Um, like I don't usually eat out, um, not mm -hmm. as a conscious thing necessarily, but just more so because I'm like eating, you know, more like nourishing type, you know, mm -hmm. foods. Mm -hmm. And so it's like soups and stews and chill stuff. And, and, um, I'm, yeah. you know, sleeping a lot and I'm resting. So I, I'm ready for the birth and whatever. And because I was the photographer, 
I think I had gone to lunch that day or maybe the day before or something like that. And I'd had like a poke bowl, which is one of my favorite things to eat. But it has like fried garlic in it. And, you know, but I mean, I had showered and brushed my teeth and all of that before I went there. But, you know, with when I went up to say hello to the birthing person, you know, there's a certain point at which if somebody's at that point in their labor, when I arrive, then I'm not going to bother greeting them, you know, yeah. um, but I'm going to go by their cues. Yeah. Right. So this person was like, hello, how are you? Whatever. So I went up to say hello and I gave him a hug, I think. And they were like, oh, my God, garlic, get away from me. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know how you can smell that, but. Yeah, the rest of the birth, I was so happy that I was the photographer because I was shooting them from at least halfway across the room. And and I was like, oh, thank goodness for technology because I could, you know, get as close as I needed to without having to subject them to my garlic breath. You have to be giving them those breathing cues. Yes. Actually, okay, Brooke Patmore, the amazing, the wonderful Brooke Patmore was my birth doula. And I was somebody who was very vomity all throughout my, like just pukey throughout my whole labor. And it was really hard for me to keep anything down. I remember blessed Brooke Patmore cooking this incredible dish for me. Um, It was doll. Mm. They had made me doll. And I clearly remember being in the zone. I'm like swaying between contractions. And Brooke came over and said, do you want to try a spoonful of doll? And I remember, you know, opening my eyes from this trance I'd been in, looking them in the face (laughs) and going, do you want to try a spoonful of steaming hot garbage? (laughs) And and both Brooke and Chris just looked at each other and were like, I I don't think she wants it. (laughs) I'm not normally like that. I swear. I I am not like that. I hope the people listening to this get how funny that is. Because if you have any kind of like sense of what Keely is like as a person, that is very Oh I cannot believe that I did <laughs> Do that. You it was steaming up pile of garbage, full of steaming hot garbage. Oh and I remember goodness. I wrote that down right after the birth because I was like, I'm not going to believe it. Like if I let another couple hours go by, I'm going to be like, that never happened. <laughs> but I, happened. I took like meticulous notes because I wanted to remember and apologize to Brooke afterwards. That was hilarious. But, yeah, and like they made me doll. Like who? I'd be like, want a cracker, you know, <laughs> want an almond, honey stick. And they like made this gorgeous thing. Oh, wait. Oh, I, okay. I got one more. Um, sorry. <laughs> These are like, here are stories we collected from people. Just kidding. They're all about me. Um, but I think this one really is funny. I remember there was a point during my birth where I, I smelled garlic breath. Or maybe it wasn't garlic breath, but it was like... I was going to say that is not... I was not talking about a birth where Kelia was, okay? (laughs) That was (laughs) completely unrelated. This is a different story. (laughs) There was something that smelled so bad and I was positive it was food. And I was like, Chris, someone is eating in this house. Get it out of the house. And, you know, it's just like those... I have a few seconds between contractions. I have to make my wishes known. So I did not mince words. And I was like, someone is eating something. Get that smell out of my house. And I hear the word kind of ripple backward through the house. I was I was giving birth at home. So I hear the word pass from like Chris to Brooke to midwife to midwife's assistant. And Chris comes back to me and says, sweetie, no one's eating anything. 
And I was like, okay, well, somebody microwaved something. They're not eating it yet, but somebody, and he was like, we've cleared all the smells. And I, I was like, oh, sorry, just kidding. It's my own mucus. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm like leaking stuff into the toilet that I'm sitting on backwards and like throwing up into. That's what it is. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, sorry. And they're like, it's fine. Just like keep birthing oh, your baby. That's hilarious. Oh, oh my God. Oh, bless these people. Like, I'm glad I did not have a video going because it would have made me very self-conscious. But I also am so curious, like, what kind of person did I become, you know? Just as awesome as always, just more into your awesome. I just really love the way that so many birthing people step into their power in a different way in that period of time. Like, I love how much people stop mincing their words and stop, like... Mm you know, making things nice and just being really direct and clear about what they want. And Mm -hmm. I live for it. Like it's Mm -hmm. my favorite part. I think often this is an aspect of birth that's not often talked about either. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's such a all encompassing human experience. And there's like, you know, moments of rage and hurt and surprise and shock, but there's also moments of like joy and reverence and hilarity Mm. and just ridiculousness and silliness. And it's awesome. Mm. Um, Oh, this reminds me of one of my favorite clients. They're all my favorite clients um, who had been really adamant that they weren't going to have an epidural or whatever. Right. But they were definitely also like, you know, And also, I acknowledge I've never done this before. And if I need to, Mm -hmm. I will. And there's no judgment about it. Mm. And it was like, okay. But also, like, all the way before, they were like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So it was like, well, I'm not, but if I need to, I will. And we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. Um, And I really enjoy that kind of clarity. But I'm also, I also enjoy that kind of, like, willingness to acknowledge that this is a new experience. And there's no way for me to know Mm -hmm. what I'm going to need or want (laughs) in it, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. that's important to know. But so often people's disappointment with their birthing experience is very much about, you know, systemic nonsense that happens mm-hmm. and nonsense just because it's unreasonable, not nonsense because it's meaningless because it's absolutely meaningful right. and it's fucked up that it happens, but, or, and rather um, in this particular instance. <laughs> so this person has, had just been like, not going to need it, but if I do, I will. <laughs> and we're like, okay, great. <laughs> and sometimes when people add that, but if I do, I will, I sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe there's something to look into there. But this person, I think it really seemed like they were just wanting to name it, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, oh, I totally get you. That feels yeah. good. And then, then the birth was happening and they labored, progressed at the pace that they were comfortable with. And they did all of the things that we practiced and talked about. And they, you know, they walked and they rested and they ate and they, you know, and they did all the things. And then they were ready to go to the hospital and they went and then they kept laboring there. And then they decided that they, they were ready for an epidural. Then they got their epidural And then they were so happy and Mm. so unapologetically happy. And it was so, Mm. it was, they were just so adorable because they were like, you know, nuzzled up in their blanket and they were like, (laughs) they were like, I feel great. (laughs) And I I was like, I was like, that's such a funny, unexpected moment. Uh, I think so often when people do have, you know, get to the point where they choose to have an epidural, they're so browbeaten about what it means Mm -hmm. you know that they're like you know I failed or I'm not as strong as whoever or they're apologizing like I know I said I wasn't going to get one but I really needed it or or they're like 
ashamed and trying to cover it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like they don't feel good about it. And I think that's sad, you know, and I wish I wish there was more space around like, hey, you know, you do you and whatever makes sense to you yeah. is what you're going to be supported in doing. And it was it was just really funny to just see her like probably like nine centimeters already and just like this is great let's do it like this mm-hmm. and so unapologetically delighted by the lack of discomfort and pain yes and it was, oh, it was that a makes great me birth. so happy and then you yeah. just get to like tuck them in you know yeah uh, that's yeah. i love tucking people in i don't know why <laughs> i also like packing little cute packed lunches maybe those two are related like i just like packing things really tightly <laughs> happily <laughs> <laughs> like wrapping presents, like all of these things. I'm only now drawing the connection between all oh these things. Oh my goodness. But getting to tuck in a client, even if like they can't really feel their legs and I'm like, here, we'll do this with a blanket so your feet are nice and warm and toasty. And then they just slip off into their epidural nap, hopefully. Mm. I love to give people, I, love, I like to massage their feet and their Me legs. too. And they're like, oh, but I can't really feel it. And I'm like, your body, your body feels it, even if you don't. I I do what I call my grandma massages. (laughs) What's that? It's just, you know, I don't know, the way that my grandmother rubbed me, the way that I imagine most grandmothers rub their children, their grandchildren down, just that like this, it's not like super soft and gentle. It's just like really working your muscles. Mm -hmm. It's not a Swedish massage or, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's no like, I don't know, there's no like... The intention with it is different. It is. And also it's like way more, it's just kind of like instinctive, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like deliberate the way that a professional masseuse is, you know, where Mm -hmm. they're like, and now I'm going to do the Mustafa show or the, I don't know, (laughs) the transverse layer or whatever. (laughs) Were you just making up words right now? (laughs) Making up words. Um, Now I'm doing the intercostal. (laughs) Suclonasa fluxer. Exactly. Now I'm doing the flux capacitor. (laughs) No, I'm doing <laughs> the rear gasket. <laughs> oh God, back in the rear gasket. <laughs> I'm doing the smog check. Wait. <laughs> oh my God. We brought it full circle, y'all. Oh We've come God. back to where we started. So we're back at parts. Okay. I actually have I have <sighs> one more very sweet story that I really want to share. Okay. Um, this is just like a really heartwarming, sweet, and gets to what you were saying earlier about how birth can just encompass so many things and the joy and the and the silliness at the same time. Um, the only birth I've ever quote unquote attended was my little sister's when I was in middle school. My mom chose to have a home birth and my room was across the hall. The main thing I remember is feeling the need to help my mom by bringing ice cream, but I should probably just pretend that I'm sleeping. I remember I didn't fall asleep for the longest time. One of my friends who was my age had recently helped her mom give birth at home. So with my little sister being born, I thought, well, maybe I should stay up to help get ice cream. So like her thought process is like, well, my friend had to help her mom give birth. So Mm -hmm. I might have to help my mom give birth by giving her ice cream. Like that was. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Does does not sound like steaming hot garbage, I have to say. You know that feeling of knowing Santa had come, but you don't get up till morning still? That was me with my little sister's birth. I didn't get to meet her right away, but eventually I fell asleep (laughs) while waiting up wondering if it would be helpful, more helpful to fall asleep or get her mom ice cream. She fell asleep and then got to meet her baby sister in the morning. Mm. And now that baby sister is the age 
that she was when the baby sister was born, which is pretty cool. Wow. I know. It's really sweet. That is really sweet. Oh, I love birth. Me too. I've been really sitting with how I think I love being in the birthing room and I love holding space for people as they have their experiences. I also really love being like a little more removed and documenting the experience. Mm. And I also really love getting to work with other birth workers and, you know, really invite them to center their own care in their practice Mm -hmm. and to also see the opportunity for their own like healing in this work. Mm. Not in the sense of like, I'm going to go to these births to heal myself because that's gross, but more so in the sense of like, I can show up more the way that I want to when I'm, you know, doing my ego and, and my fear work and not letting my own shit come into that space with me, mm. right? Mm. And not letting like my own fears and projections and assumptions walk into that space that's so sacred and reverent and and how much more of a connection it allows for between people and mm. how I can see the ripples back and forth, you know, in the way that when... I don't know who says this, that when you heal yourself, you know, you help heal the wounds of your ancestors and also the wounds of your descendants. Mm -hmm. And I love thinking about how much of an impact that has, right? Like if I can help my children not carry on my wounds, Mm -hmm. if I can not pass on my wounds to them, then maybe they will have like a little less to heal from. Mm -hmm. And how that continues and how that allows for like, less time spent distrusting each other or or yourself and more time spent claiming what you want and what you create and all of that, I think just allows for more connection and it's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. And also farts. (laughs) (laughs) And also farts. And also farts. If anything from today's episode resonated with you, leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. And follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Doula Stories. If you're a doula and you have a story to share, email us at doulastories at gmail.com. Special thanks to everyone who submitted a short story for this episode and to my co-host, who's swift as a coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon and all the strength of a raging fire, and who's mysterious as the dark side of the moon, Adira Darch. 